is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9 to 5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. We're in the last week of November. Yep. It's almost time. But not just yet. Hold off. Just for a little bit longer. Because it's powerful nonsense time for newcomers. I am Wayne Ingram. And I am Jem Yordis. And we are going back to basics today a little bit. Basics? We never said basic stuff. No, well, no, not basics, but old school. Just me and you, Jem, chatting away. Head to head. Head to head to head. Debating. <laughs> Ultimate debating. <laughs> but we've just got back from Dublin. Yeah, we're still kind of trying to brush off the cobwebs. <laughs> I, I, I have been, I'll be honest, until today, I've been in holiday mode still all week. I don't know about you. Well, I did have to come in this morning and shake you out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. I overslept. Okay, fine. So I was like, Wayne, come on. Basically, I want to turn up tomorrow morning. You're going to have everything prepared. I knock on the door. Wayne grows out of bed like a mummy. <laughs> He's saying, uh-oh, I've overslept. But we've got there. I'd like to say it was more like leap out of bed. I was a leap. You were a bit panicked. I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm so sorry. Not everything's ready to go. Like, nothing's ready to go. But we're here. But we're here. It's fine. And we had a great time. In Dublin. I, I'm surprised how much I actually enjoyed Guinness. Because Me the, too. the last time I actually had Guinness was when we was at university for like St. Paddy's Day. I think it was mm-hmm. second year. And I don't think I've ever drank it since then. Me and neither. then when we after we went to that Guinness factory, that's it. It just actually... Now I think I'll actually have a Guinness in London. Mm-hmm. I'll treat myself. Well, I was out last night and... Um, Did you have a Guinness? No, but the person I was with had a Guinness. Oh, and you were giving all the information, pretending you knew all the facts, how it was brewed. <laughs> right. Did you know 8 million litres of water go into the brewery every day? Well, you did take something away from the holiday. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that and a really foggy head. <laughs> but anyway. But you enjoyed being back on a plane as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was the first time I'd flown for like... Ten years, probably. I know, it's funny because I'm a nervous flyer and then you were kind of nervous. I was like, we can't be nervous, both of us. <laughs> I t- actually think you were a little bit more nervous than I was, actually. I'm always nervous, so I kind of have to hope that the person with me is kind of more relaxed. <laughs> or in some ways, sometimes I like when the person's more nervous than me, then I can kind of look like I'm mothering them and it makes me feel a bit more, I'm, I'm composing this situation. <laughs> but no, it's good fun. I'm sure we're going to go away again next year yes, at some point. definitely. And I have to go back to Dublin. I oh, loved definitely. it there. It was great. Anywho, we're not here to talk about Dublin. Nope. Or getting drunk. Or planes. <laughs> Unless they come up in conversation. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we are here to talk about next level syndrome. Yep. Uh, which is all based upon Philip McKernan's... Is it Philip McKernan? Yeah, yeah. Rich on Paper, Poor on Life. Which is a book that he was giving out for free. But I know you can get it on Amazon anyway. But it's a great book. And I read it probably about, I don't know, six months ago. And I think... Um, I wrote a blog about it, I kind of broke down what I took away from it, and then mm-hmm. we just decided actually it might be something nice to talk about, especially going into the new year when probably a lot of people are thinking about, let's take everything to the next right. level. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought that, but yeah, it's a really good point. Like, now is really the time to start. I know, uh, for me, my industry is quite quiet at this time of year, so um, if you haven't got some acting work, which I 
I'm gutted that I'm not going to be seeing you in a Christmas play this year. I know, mate. I'm gutted I'm not going to be seeing me in a Christmas show. <laughs> um, so if anyone out there is putting on a panto at their local <laughs> charity event, <laughs> Wayne's available on IMDb. I can, I can widow twank it up if I need to. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, this time of year, if you're not in work, it's it gets very, very quiet. So this is kind of now I'm sort of preparing for how I'm going to kick off the new year. And I think it's a good time of year for everyone to start thinking about the new year because I think if you wait to the new year and you're like right it's resolution time you're not actually all set up and ready to go you're kind of stumbling through it for the first few weeks and then that's when it usually fails so just start thinking about it now yeah anyway. I think this sort of time of year as well people are already kind of looking back on what happened this year and then it's always kind of that mindset of okay next year is going to be the year it's going to be better and I know we spoke <laughs> about this I've already said that exactly once, we spoke about it this year but I think it kind of gives you motivation to go into that next year but then I think again sometimes you might like you said this year so I feel like oh maybe I didn't get as much done as I wanted and so mm-hmm. that kind of rolls into that next level syndrome because now you you might go and set yourself these huge lofty goals for next year. Right. And then you could be, what if again you have the same year again and suddenly yeah. you'll be like, two years in a row I've been a failure. And then that's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what this conversation is going to be about. It's about really setting authentic goals, not goals that sound exciting and they're going to get you yeah. super motivated to go into January. But what happens in August if you still haven't got them? Well, it's funny, actually, because now that you say that, I think last year, because last year... This time last year, I was just starting rehearsals. I was maybe midway through rehearsals for the Christmas show. And it was my first, like, fully paid, like, as in work that was paying enough that I could live off um, acting gig. And so I kind of made the decision that 2015, no free work. Mm -hmm. All work that was paid. Because now I've been paid to work as an actor. And, um... It's not gone too well, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I think maybe that was a proper case of, of sort of next level syndrome of being like, right, I've hit this level. I got paid. Somebody sign me up for Iron Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am Iron Man. But there we go. Um, and yeah, so I think I, I definitely had a case of that. Whereas I think this year going into 2016, because I've had such a bad year acting wise, I've had to kind of be a little bit more enterprising I mean, you know a few things that I've got planned for what I want to do next year, and I think it's going to provide a much more solid foundation to actually move on to that next level that I wanted to be at this year. Um, And I think, as as you say, it's about knowing when a goal is too lofty or too out there versus when actually it's a reasonable thing to try and achieve. Yeah, definitely. I think another way, I mean, you say, okay, maybe acting-wise I didn't get as as much done or didn't get as many roles as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, personally, and as your own self-development, I think you made some great breakthroughs this year. definitely. And that's why I also think people miss out on. I think it's easy to kind of set these maybe monetary goals or these work goals I want to get promoted or I want to go on holiday several times and I want to be able to buy that house this year. But I think sometimes it's actually nice to... Stop kind of trying to put your career on steroids and maybe put your own sort of happiness and your well-being on steroids instead mm. and think, oh, actually, this year I just turned in on myself and I worked on myself yeah. because that's never a failure. Oh, absolutely Externally, not. it might look to people that oh, you're in the same predicament. But if you've been reading books all year, you've mm-hmm. been going to great events, you've been looking after your health, maybe you started doing a few push-ups in the morning. Mm-hmm. They don't look like goals, but actually they're those sort of long-term wins. Right, absolutely. Which aren't going to show up next year. But they yeah. are going to be slowly building up. Yeah, and it, and I think there's that. I mean, I always talk about the issue of like social media and the fact that everybody's. I heard a great 
great quote on a podcast. I think it was on the Art of Charm podcast, um, where a guy said, look, stop comparing your blooper reel to everybody else's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's such a vivid image of what we do. Um, and I think, I mean, I look at other actors all the time that are in these amazing projects, but then they're also in a lot of, sorry guys, not so great projects. Um, and, um, and I just think, what well, is, is it better that they're working or is it better that they're, or is it better that I'm being very selective of the work that I'm doing? Um, cause I haven't made a bad film for a while. Um, I don't think anyway. <laughs> that might be speaking out of turn. <laughs> well, but, let the audience decide that. You can link up to it if it's available. Right. That'd be cool. But um, as you say, it's the the long term growth. I think, as you, I agree with you that I've made quite some headway this year. And I think though my acting CV doesn't go, oh, this is a guy that's moving on up. I definitely feel like I am moving on up. And I think, although I haven't had those quick wins of these amazingly great projects. I know now that when I walk into an audition room, I'm calm, I'm secure in myself. And actually, the auditions and the films that I did get this year, um, I aced them. And I know I aced them. And I didn't ace them being like, oh, that was so amazing. But it was just, I came into the room with that sort of energy where it's like, oh, this guy's got his shit together. Yeah, and I think that's the, like, it's a great point because people do that for interviews or whether it's business mm-hmm. partnerships or going for money. I think, again, people talk a lot about the ego, but I think a lot of people, in terms of, especially in terms of next level syndrome, you bring your ego with you all the way, all yeah. the time. And so I can imagine with an audition, it's kind of like, especially if you're kind of starting out, and this is for anybody, I guess you kind of feel like you need to prove yourself. You need right. to prove your value. You need to prove yeah. your worth. And by doing that, you actually expose everything where you're so vulnerable. Absolutely. That, it shines on you because you're trying to overcompensate. And so mm-hmm. it actually brings a light on everything that you actually fear the most. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And so what you're saying there about feeling a lot more composed, I think it's part of that process of becoming a lot more comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes across to other people. And it's kind of like, I don't need this. This is me. It's kind of like, I don't need you to kind of validate me. Right. I went for lunch with a friend yesterday, actually, and she was talking about her in the interview process versus her brother in the interview process. And uh, she was kind of, she was like, I'm shit at interviews. Like, I, I'm just shit at them. And then she was like, but my brother, he goes in and he goes, right, so I've got my five-year plan. I've got my three to five-year plan. And I've also got my year year's plan. And um, he apparently went into this interview and said that to them. He was like, so this is part of my three-year plan because I'm going to do this, 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 this. And it was the HR woman's dream. She was tick, 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 tick. Um, And to the point that she was like, well, the job isn't actually supposed to start for until January. But, um, I mean, if you want to start earlier, we'll take you earlier. And Mm -hmm. he would just turn around and he went, well, actually, no, because I actually do want to travel a little bit. So, yeah, I'll just start in January. Mm -hmm. Um, Which in itself is a very like composed thing because then she said because if it was me i would be like yeah sure if it means i get the job yeah, yeah, yeah um but he was like no i know what my I, i've got my shit together i want to travel and that's part of my plan as well and and i think that made him so, so much more empowered and i think came across in that this guy's got his shit together as well well it totally relates to that story that ash was sharing to us when he was talking about the guy who um saw his CV and was like, oh, you're you, you're a bit young. If I saw this CV and you're a bit older, and he, he just pulled the paper off of him and crossed out his age. Right. And then he was just like, 
now would you hire me? And the guy thought, wow, that's really ballsy. Uh-huh. And I think ultimately that's when it comes to sort of interviews and stuff like that. That's ultimately what people want to say is just yeah. that you can handle yourself yeah. and you can get the job done. Right. Ultimately, yeah, that's and, it. And yeah, and I think that's where playing the long-term game rather than the short-term win of, look how amazing my job is because I'm earning so much money. And it's like, okay, if, if I mean, that makes you happy, fine. Um, but if that doesn't make you fulfilled and it's just about the money then maybe you're only playing for a short-term win and you're not actually going to grow. And then it comes, it becomes about what are the lofty goals? Is it, is the goal, well, I want to earn, you know, 75K um, next year. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, how much are you earning at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, I'm earning 20K. <laughs> it's like, well. But I think as well, like we celebrate people. I think for some reason, because I'm part of like mastermind groups as well, and I always see people as soon as they sign up, it's kind of like the first thing they want to say to kind of introduce themselves is like, "This is me. This is what I like doing, Mm -hmm. and this is my ridiculously lofty goal. I want to buy this mansion. Here's the picture of it. That's in my mind. I've created my vision board. Mm -hmm. This is the car. I'm going to go spend some time in a Ferrari garage. And I just sometimes think to, to sometimes when I see that, I'm just like. Is that really what you want? Do you really, really want a car? Is that, or do you want people to think you're somebody who is is so successful? Like, what do you want? Do you want? Do you want the car? Or do you want the feeling that maybe the car will give you in that moment? Right. But then maybe you start driving that car and people stop looking at it, and you mm-hmm. think, well, actually, no one's looking at this car. Now I need to get a right. bigger and better car. And I think that's a lot what what Phil McKernan talks about. People kind of set these goals but these goals are not for them it's for how they kind of want people to externally perceive Perceive them them, yeah and that's the danger in it but then i mean and the the kind of false economy of it is okay you want the ferrari for that public that that social validation um which you know is going to take you i don't know 15 20 years to actually presuming you're you're not that well paid 15 20 years to actually save for the ferrari or at least work to the position where you're getting paid enough to to get a ferrari whereas actually if you just spent two years two or three years on Mm self-development you'll get that social recognition because you'll walk into a room and people are like this guy like he's the guy yeah i think it's about yeah really got to build that base really Mm -hmm. I mean, I lose my shit so much less than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think there's an actual like danger. I mean, people set these goals, and I think it's great to have these kind of lofty visions of where you want things to go. We kind of know where we would like the podcast mm-hmm. to go, but we're not like, well, it has to happen in the next 30 days, or yeah. it has to happen in six months, or we just go, okay, we keep doing what we do, and we try to put in as much effort mm-hmm. and time. It's kind of, And we actually enjoy the journey, we enjoy that. Right. Okay, you could say the hustle, the kind of making sure we're putting out content every week. Mm-hmm. And then I've just kind of gone off track with what I was actually going to say. Well, I was going to ask, because you you said about the fact that we don't... Oh, oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, yeah. (laughs) And these kind of big goals, like especially when people say, I've got 30 days, I've got 60 days, or by the end of next year, I'm going to have that car, I'm going to have that house. I think what people don't realise is as soon as you've kind of said that, all right, you put it out there as a word to do, but then also I think it does often put you in a massive fear state if you don't have the base Right. Because the base, then you start the lizard, it starts panicking and saying, yeah. oh God, we've said we're going to do this and that. And now suddenly I feel stressed. And although it feels good that I put it out there, now I'm on blast and now everyone's watching yeah. me. And I think there's also, there must be some sort of like response in the body that's kind of in a fear state. And maybe, and that's where people kind of like, okay, now I need to do something like sporadic. All right, leave the job. Okay, now you put more pressure. Now you kind yeah. of, and so I think, again, it's, it's a, a kind of, it's, glory it's a glory thing to kind of put out what you want to do yeah i think it's i think it's very true actually like 
it's almost when you're putting out the lofty goals, that's almost for the social recognition as well. Yeah, it's almost as good as saying, oh, well done, you, you've you said you're going to do it, that's nice. Right. But then you kind of get recognition for that and it actually feels good to say that. Yeah, because you almost want people to turn around and go, oh, that's really, I mean, fair play to you. Yeah, for good like, on you, good on you yeah, for doing that. For, it's for, kind of the same thing when we see on like Facebook when people say, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go travelling for six months and people mm. love it. And I think people yeah. love that story, but then I think underneath it there's all there's so much more going on <laughs> well yeah i mean there's there's procrastination going on i mean you know sometimes people do genuinely want to see the world i mean i'm getting to a point now where i'm going okay i'm 26 going on 27 and i've now only left the uk three times uh and uh, before last week it was two times um and to be fair dublin barely counts yeah. as outside the uk sorry irish guys but you know you were in the uk in the 1920s so it's right he's remembering so history it's not like i'm not like i'm going crazy away from the uk and i'm kind of wanting to see the world a little bit now but do i want to put my life on hold for six months to go see the world no no, I think sometimes as well, I think we've spoke about it before, especially when people do these sort of like sporadic getaways or mm-hmm. I think that it's usually, I think it's actually perfect. Actually, it ends up working out perfect because a lot of people I've seen who've kind of run away said, okay, I'm traveling. Uh-huh. It's usually when they've gone away, they've had that quiet time, which brings you yeah. back to yourself. Right. So Absolutely. you thought the traveling was going to kind of do something for you and maybe make you feel better or... Mm-hmm in that sort of way and actually what it's done is whereas you were back at home being busy so you could kind of hide away from yourself a little mm-hmm. bit you think the holiday is going to make it all nice and rosy but actually what it does it sends you right directly to yourself it's yeah. like when you are away you're you, it's like you, a short you go into yeah you go back into yourself to that but personal that's, development but that's what i think is which is great of, and i think that's where the value of it is but that's that's exactly that's the really about big value of traveling and stuff like that because in those moments you get out of your comfort zone, you feel so far away from home, you feel so far away from family safety, mm-hmm. you start thinking, you go way deeper into your head. And that's why sometimes I think that traveling thing could also be that sort of ayahuasca kind of takeaway where it's kind of, right. you just put yourself out of this comfort zone where you hope initially on the surface, you're hoping that maybe you'll, you'll get some profound experience, but underneath it, it's actually mm-hmm. just stripping away everything, mm-hmm. all the baggage on top. We interrupt this broadcast of powerful nonsense to talk about our sponsors for the show. First of all, we've got to thank the University of Northampton, who've been sponsoring us for quite a while. Uh, thank you to them for our support. Um, if you are looking to go to university and you're thinking about setting up your own side gig as well, your own business, then I'd say Northampton's probably the place to go. Uh, they specialise in social entrepreneurship as well, so it's all about business with a social impact as well and good conscience. So check them out, northampton.ac.uk. So also, we've teamed up with Fiverr. Now, if you don't know what Fiverr is, it's like a creative marketplace where you can kind of like pay people a small sum of money just to maybe write a blog post on your behalf, design a blog header, design an Instagram image or whatever. Infographics, all that sort of stuff. Even jingles for your podcast if you're deciding you want to compete with us. (laughs) Prices literally start at a Fiverr. That's why it's called Fiverr. And $5. So if you're in the UK, that's what, like three quid? Mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Sometimes they'll up it, but as a starting point, think £5. Head over to Fiverr.com, that's Fiverr with two R's on the end, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, and when you get to your... Checkout. Checkout, that's the word I was after. You enter in the little coupon code PN Podcast, and we'll give you 20% off. How Decent. good are we? Decent. See, you tune in, we give you 20% off Fiverr. So with that out of the way, let's go back to the show. 
Me, you and Manzel in Dublin had a really nice conversation about things like ayahuasca. I don't know because I managed to record a little bit. We should probably put it out there if I can get all the background noise of the Guinness bar out <laughs> of, the, of the sound. But we had a really interesting talk about ayahuasca, which I kind of think fits into the next level syndrome a fair bit about... Um, to those who don't know what ayahuasca is... It's, Me and Wayne have not done it before, no, <laughs> but we know a, a few people who have. <laughs> it's quite literally a psychedelic experience, Yeah. Um, <laughs> which which um, allows you to see things from a very different perspective. People use it as a very spiritual journey. Uh, it's not legal in this country. Nope. Um, I think it is legal in other countries. I might be wrong, um, but... It's, People uh, get hold of it. Yeah, right. Um, and, um, I mean, they talk about it on London Real all the time, if you want to listen to London Real. Um, and it's it. people come back from it almost in a state of enlightenment mm-hmm. uh, because they've seen things in a different way and they've it's, it's, it's basically a shortcut straight to the self. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I see it from what I've been told. Um, <laughs> and... We were talking about the fact that people then every few years are like, right, I need to do ayahuasca again. Not even every few years, sometimes maybe three months well, after they've yeah, been. Yeah. Right. And um, we were talking about where, where the value is in that and whether or not really, if you're if you're doing ayahuasca more than once, are you missing the point? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that fits into next level syndrome quite a bit because it's like, I have to get to that stage again. Mm-hmm. And I have to get in that mindset again because the normality of life is pulling me away from that ayahuasca experience and where I've come from, uh, where I've got to with that. It's pulling me further and further and further and further away. And I want to tap back into that again. Um, but I can't without ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, and I thought that kind of fits into a lot of what we're talking about here of just like, are your goals compensating for something that you need to kind of go and work on rather than like mm-hmm. exactly what we're saying is kind of like next year have you set to have a figure a number that you want is it is it a, uh, how much your salary is going to be how much money you're going to get in and then maybe just strip it back and say okay why do i mm-hmm. want that money what what do i believe right now that will bring to me and then you might say, well, well, maybe then I'll have money and then maybe um, I can um, dress well and then maybe a girl might like me. And so really, suddenly, you've gone from one minute it was you needed 100K, but only the real problem is you want somebody to like you, you want to you find a partner, which doesn't really require 100K. <laughs> and so sometimes it could be that it's kind of really breaking down, yes, I really want to start a business. Okay, you want to start a business and you want it to be making millions of pounds. Okay, let's break that down again. Let's say... How much do you enjoy your job at the moment? I hate it. I hate my boss. He bosses me mm-hmm. around and I have to come home and work in just to survive. Okay, so you don't really want a business. You just want to have a job that you're passionate about. Right. You're proud about it. It pays enough so that you can live comfortably. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to make millions of pounds. And I think that's the danger of it. I think that's going back to what Philip McKernan, he did it with me live at London Real, where he kind of really just goes into your head and breaks it down and says, He's, you call, you call bullshit on your own mm-hmm. goals. And I think you have to call bullshit. Next year, you've probably already got some goals in your head. Mm-hmm. And just for a second, okay, say, okay, you've got your list of goals. That's a good, that's the start of the process. But now call bullshit on yourself and mm-hmm. ask yourself, why do you need these things next year? Yeah. What will they bring and what under, take them down a few levels, really. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your Philip McKernan experience. And, and let's just <laughs> talk through because he he had a one-on-one with you live in front of everyone right <laughs> yeah basically so let's talk about that okay what happened no but um, basically what he was saying is just like talking through with people like why they aren't maybe pursuing their goals mm-hmm. or or kind of putting your goals out there and then he kind of just breaks down so you might say well um 
I've started. I was, I was talking to him a lot about the podcast and how it was something that I really wanted to pursue. And then I was talking also how I do video production and I kind of I kind of want to still do video production, but I kind of want to move to doing the podcast more often. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, bullshit. You, and I was like, what do you mean bullshit? And then he kind of keeps bullshitting you each time you say something. He's like, so why do you think you can't do the podcast? Why can't the podcast be a success? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if it's viable. And then he's like, bullshit. Why don't you think it's possible? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just think my maybe my dad or people will think it's a bit weird. He's like, and then he'll go like, bu- okay, but bullshit, bullshit. He keeps bullshitting you till mm-hmm. you break 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 and you keep going through these barriers and as you keep breaking these barriers you get more and more your body starts twitching your your you feel like you want to cry you feel like you're opening up it's kind of like underneath all this stuff that you put on top of all these goals mm-hmm. you, you you're knocking off layers of bullshit one by one by one by one to get to the actual root of the problem and i think that's why philip mcconey is so powerful in that sense mm-hmm. because ultimately he's saying okay you he'll get to what you really really want yeah and that's scary for anybody. Yeah. Well, because, I um, yeah, sorry, that, no, no, that just totally exposes you to the core. It goes like you say; it's that route straight to self. Now I'm seeing for you for what you mm-hmm. are, and like he even says, he's got this sort of secret power. Where he'll just look you in the eyes and he can tell: Are you telling the truth? Right. Because he will know as soon as you're bullshit, and he'll say bullshit. Tell what? What do you actually feel? Mm-hmm. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And he'll call that on you constantly until you get to that point. And when you got that point, it's so uncomfortable for people. Even now, me talking about it, it's making me feel uncomfortable thinking back of that position I was in. Mm-hmm. But he puts you in such a, a, a position that you're so exposed, but it's actually who you are. Right. But it's, it's also ex- exposed because I've been through a similar experience, but it was through guided meditation. Um, and it's a very raw, very emotional state that mm-hmm. you end up in mm-hmm. because you it stops becoming about the goal and it starts becoming about why you want that goal. Then it becomes about why that goal is important and then why that thing that makes that goal is important is important to you and then what's powering that importance and all that sort of stuff. Um, And you end up, if it's a similar experience to what I went through, it's just like this raw emotional state. Yeah. Um, And you're just like, shit, I really know where my value lies right Uh now. Um, And I've I've done that guided meditation with a client and... He's very, I mean, you know this guy, and he's very, very, like, very solid in his goals. He knows what he wants. But then when you when you kind of get down to it, it's like, well, There's you so want those goals it, yeah. because you want everybody to know that you are a high achiever and that you work hard. And then why do you want that? And it's like, well, I want my family and my friends to be proud of me and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And then it stops becoming about the goal and it starts becoming about the emotional value. Yeah, the feelings it brings mm-hmm. to you. I think that's only what people are going after. It's kind of, it is those feelings. I mean, you were guided through with your woman as well, weren't you? Yeah. It wasn't just a guided meditation, did yourself. It no, was... no, it was, it was, I was guided through with, with someone. Um, and, it, and it is, it's very, very raw state to be in, but... But it's that it's that automatic. It's not even whether or not Philip McKernan or whoever was guiding the meditation even knew that it was bullshit or there was another layer beneath it. It was just that, well, what's the next layer? But that's what he says as well. It's kind of like, I'm not... It's just an automatic question. Yeah. But why? Yeah, or, yeah. But I think as well, you're going to like, you're going to totally run away from this a lot and you're not going to want to... I don't think... I, that's why I think you can't do it yourself. And that's why mm-hmm. I do think you you often need somebody there to kind of find the cracks because I think that's what Philip maybe the guy who did the guided meditation with you is kind of I think they they see your armor they see it's on really tight Mm -hmm. and then suddenly they get you talking and then you open up a gap in that armor and then they go for it and they can see it and they're trained to see it once they see that gap in your armor they kind of poke it and they see what happens when you poke it suddenly a little bit more armor comes Mm -hmm. off and suddenly that's when 
as soon as you get through the armor, you start to get wounded. And that's where right. you start saying, like, you get these body reactions. Your chest starts tightening up. Your neck mm-hmm. starts tightening up. You start getting red patches on your body. You feel like you're going to cry, but you don't know why you feel like you're going to cry. Right. You- well, I, I think I did in my guide. Yeah, I did, actually. In my guided meditation, I totally cried. And that's what I'm saying. So you really, it, the armor's coming off and you totally start to really expose yourself. And it's so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but at the same time, really sort of exhilarating. Oh, absolutely. It's a feeling of just... I imagine it's probably a similar feeling that you get from coming out of ayahuasca. Yeah, I'm of pretty just, sure it's it is. pure, just like, it's almost ecstasy of just mm-hmm. kind of like, finally I've got that weight off my shoulders. Definitely. But how do you think, I guess for people who are probably listening to this, think, mm-hmm. well, that sounds kind of scary, but at the same time, mm-hmm. maybe that's how I need to kind of, maybe I need to do that myself. Maybe I need to look at my goals. Maybe I, is it going to find somebody? Is it kind of, is mm-hmm. there any kind of, because I do a lot of meditation as well, and I do think that people talk about that you can get to these um, ayahuasca kind of, is it the, whatever DMT that's being re- released in the body, uh-huh. these states which can actually mm-hmm. open you up. And I do think meditation does allow you to kind of really think about those thoughts. But I think sometimes, for maybe a lot of people, mm-hmm. I do think you probably need some sort of guide and some sort of help through yeah. it. I mean, I personally wouldn't recommend ayahuasca only <laughs> because of the connotations of ayahuasca. It's a psychedelic drug and all that sort of stuff. And you've never done and it, I've so never you done can't it, really. So I can't recommend. Um, but I mean, um, I would definitely recommend guided meditation. In fact, one of the things that I'd actually really like to try, but I've never tried, is those <clears throat> week-long meditation like the silent retreats and yeah, stuff like that which are and the guy that did this guided meditation with me he'd done it um and he said it's and i know i think manzo or manzo's friend had done it manzo did it yeah he'd Ma- done yeah. the seven day one yeah and uh everybody says it's the hardest thing you'll ever go through because it's 10 days of silence or seven days of silence or however long it is and um and it's really challenging but you because you it's all silent you've only got yourself and you're only thinking you end up just in this state of just calm and serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, and no doubt you're going to get to the levels of thinking about why am I doing this? Why is this? Why is that this important? And all that sort of stuff. So I'd recommend that. But, I mean, if you can, find somebody to do a guided meditation with you. We haven't actually done that. I think we should actually put that in the books, maybe go for not maybe mm. 10 days, like maybe like a weekend. With, I'd quite like to start with maybe just a 24-hour one. Yeah. So it's just a day. Yeah. Um and then build to maybe like a, a week long one. I think we should set that up for next year. Oh, I think that'd be interesting. My stomach's my stomach's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I want to do as well is those um uh, deprivation tanks and again these sort of things are another example of people saying oh maybe if I do this funky little thing mm. then I'll feel better or I'll, I'll expose right. myself. You've so got to do it for of... the, not for the sake of doing it but you've got to do it. For... Yeah don't hope that you're going to come out of that tank or you're going to come out of that 10 day retreat and you're going to suddenly mm-hmm. be I don't know. <laughs> I think there are so many things that you can do to build yourself before you need to get to that level where you're you're doing things like this anyway. Um, daily meditation, um, reading plenty of books, not even necessarily personal development books, but just understanding the way that people interact and and I mean listening listening to this podcast is a good start because mm-hmm. you're obviously more mindful than than many other people to be mm-hmm. listening to this sort of episode um and just consuming a lot of information about that sort of thing um because i mean that's what's really helped with my personal development definitely and i think that's true because i think even the podcast for us is with kind of the next level syndrome and stuff like that you kind of get stuck in your ways and i think 
a part of actually instead of maybe the deprivation tank the 10 days retreat is actually exposing yourself to other people with other worldviews because mm-hmm. sometimes they open up gaps and I think the whole reason I ever started thinking about entrepreneurship was because I got speaking to a 16 year old boy he was an entrepreneur right? and it blew my world a different direction just from mm-hmm. that moment onwards so that's the power of it well I was thinking about this the other day as well because you know I've actually been an entrepreneur since I finished uni because I set up my production company but never once did I consider myself an entrepreneur until I started consuming entrepreneur material. And then I started to realise, oh, not only am I an entrepreneur for setting up the production company, but actually as an actor myself, I have to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so the more that you can consume the sort of content of sort of where you want to get to, I think the quicker you're going to get there. Um and, and yeah, and it will it will give you a whole different perspective as well, because there are so many things as well um, where people kind of look at certain things and then they look at something in a completely different way. And there's kind of that challenge of, well, who's right? And it's not necessarily that anybody's right or wrong. It's just what this what works for them mm-hmm. and knowing what works for you. Um, I would probably actually say if I was going to recommend any podcast for personal development, I would rec- uh, recommend uh, The Art of Charm. Yeah, that's a great podcast. I'm putting that out there. Jordan Harbinger, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think one day we'll get him on. I'd love to get him on. I think he'd be a great guest. Um, but, I mean, generally speaking, his podcast is very good for just making you mindful about the way that you're interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, whether that's in business, love, whatever. Um, yeah, I just think we put out too much too often. It's just we start our development with our external development. And I think right. ultimately... The whole point of this podcast is just to say, okay, you've got goals next year. Why not make them goals yourself? And how can you actually flip them on the head? Mm-hmm. How can you stop having these monetary goals and maybe think, do you know what? This year's me year. I'm yeah. going to actually work on myself and mm-hmm. I'm going to get work through some of this baggage. Maybe right. I'm going to actually take care of my health because I know I've got no energy. <laughs> right. Stuff like that. And yeah. I think on the outside, people might think, well, you're not being very, I don't know, flamboyant or you're not kind of putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Not very... It doesn't seem on the surface to be something that people should be like, well, hey, cheer, look at right. you. But internally, I think it'll be a great thing to do. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to have to start wrapping this up now. Cool. Uh, is there anything that you want to say to the powerful nonsenses out there? I just think as well, like, you can always set goals for yourself, which are always looking into the future. But I think that sometimes you need to just do something that makes you happy today or be at least have gratitude or be proud of what you've got to write in this moment right today you're here maybe you're listening to this you're in the state where you you care about yourself and enough to actually listen to something that is going to help your development mm-hmm. and so just be happy of where you got to you've probably been through a lot of shit already mm-hmm. so be proud of today and then just yeah have those goals that's part of human nature to be looking into the future and having something to motivate you to go forward victor frankel talks a lot about it in man's search for meaning but ultimately yeah i hope that everyone just has a wicked new year and actually sets goals that are really meaningful to themselves mm-hmm. and yeah have a wicked year really so there we are another great episode of powerful nonsense for your ear holes hope you enjoyed it i was really happy with that episode actually well i'm happy we've got this nice new setup as well so hopefully my voice sounds really sexy oh yeah <laughs> so we've got a great month planned for you in december it's to build up to off. the end of the year and we realized that actually Christmas falls on a Friday and you know what also falls on a Friday 
powerful nonsense day. Yeah, buddy. So we've got a great episode lined up for you. We've not yet recorded it. I'm not going to tell you what we've got planned because it's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So just make sure, do us a favor, head over to iTunes on the podcast app or whatever you're using and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get your Christmas special Powerful Nonsense because it's going to be so much fun. Wayne's super excited about that. I'm super excited. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you very much and we will catch you next time. See you later.